0: Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade, Max Starks, Max Starks, maximum for maximum for
1: Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle, Max Starks.
2: we got a full hour of Maximum Football here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I'm Spencer Keatsman, along with Tim Ring, filling in for Wolf and Luke today. And we're now bringing on Orlando, Florida's favorite son, Max Starks. Max, how's it going, my man? I'm doing good,
1: Spencer. How are you and Tim doing today? Oh, uh, We're doing just fine. Outstanding, buddy. Outstanding. It's, na- it's, it's National Signing Day, Max. Do you remember your signing day? Oh, yeah, except for it happened, you know, after Christmas, you know, back <laughs> right. when back when everything was right in the universe and you could you could actually enjoy it. Now guys are signing so early. I mean, I'm happy for it, but early signing day has now become signing day.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, and I, that's it's one, totally.
1: Yep. Yeah, it bothers me because guys will forego, you know, going to like senior prom, finishing out your senior year of high school to try and get early enrollment. I'm like, finish out high school because trust me, this is where it's still fun. It becomes more business like at the next level. And then, if you're fortunate enough, then it becomes a real business. But enjoy being a, ch- a kid, innocent, living under your parents' roof, rent free, uh, you know, for the last couple of months that you can.
0: Yeah, you know, but you know, Max, it's the parents that want these kids signing early and into college early. You're Get right, out of my house. So yes. be, you're right. I'll do. I yeah. want junior and spring football. That's going to give them a better chance. Chance to play, but enough enough about that. Although I do have a question about NIL for you, Max. Coming up a little bit later, we got you for an hour, and it's not maximum Cardinals football; it's maximum football. So I do want to hit you up with some NIL stuff a little bit later on because there was an earth shattering move today uh, with Dion Sanders uh, and uh, Jackson State uh, and Florida State. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit.
2: Yeah, so, so Max, real right. quick, we'll, we'll talk injuries here, just starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously the news that DeAndre Hopkins is going to get a second opinion on that knee that he left the game with uh, against the Rams on Monday night. You played nine years in the NFL, and five of them, you played all 16 games. I mean, for an offensive lineman, particularly a left tackle, that's pretty impressive. I just kind of want to get your feelings on how hard it is to play a complete sixteen game season, not a lot of guys do that throughout their career.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it, it, it's it's tough enough to do that, right? It's tough to stay healthy um, through an entire season, and you know you're going to play with injuries uh, throughout that entire time. Nobody's playing pain free or injury free. You got nicks, bumps, and bruises. Some things you can tolerate, but sometimes it comes a point where you know you need to, you need to get it checked out. And DeAndre Hopkins has been doing it for such a long time. You had to figure that you know if something's going to bother him or the type of play that happened, it it it, it warrants some attention because he's a tough guy. Listen, he you know he shows up game after game after taking some some whales of hits and. You know, I hope that it's something that can be braced or something that's tolerable. But, you know, ultimately, that's why you look for the second opinion is you didn't get the one that you wanted to hear. So you're like, OK, well, let me just verify this because I know I, I've done my fair share of second opinions. And like, OK, some one guy said, let's cut it immediately. The other guy was like, well, no, let, let's try and wait to see how it'll heal first before we just go in there willy nilly cutting. So I get why you want to make sure that you get the the most appropriate times because you know i had four knee surgeries and one neck surgery in my career and the first knee i played through it from like week 12 all the way through uh, super bowl 40 so you know that was one where i played on it for about another eight weeks the first guy was like uh yeah we're gonna need to cut we're gonna need to go in there we need to clean it up you got a you know you got a button hook tear something like that or a bucket handle tear um <laughs> you know and the other guy was like Now, if you brace it up, you know, you can keep the flap in place and then we can get it. We can get it uh, smoothed out at the end of the season. So I was like, all right, I like the second guy's opinion better. And it worked out that way. So, you know, but then I had my ACL and they were like, nope, nope, nope. You got to get it operated on. Yes, we know it's one frayed bundle, but, um, you know, you can't do a single bundle repair. You've got to cut both of them out and then go in and reattach. So you know that one was like okay I got I should have trusted the first guy but the second guy kind of confirmed what the first one said so I mean it has its merits with making sure that you you uh, you exacerbate every avenue of possible
2: so real quick Max I know we've got hundreds of listeners out there who have probably gone through medical procedures themselves and have gotten multiple opinions on it but in, in terms of a football standpoint and your experience not necessarily maybe just yourself but some of your teammates. When If there's a second opinion, does that usually mean that the first one is pretty serious or is it just like the second opinion in most cases is let's just get a second one to make sure precautionary wise that the first one is legit?
1: Yeah, it's more so a confirmation or, or a repudiation, you know, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's to either confirm what the first guy said or to go opposite or offer a different approach. Than what the first guy said. I mean, that's ultimately what it is. It's checks and balances. Um, you know, if it's something that is, con- you know, on the outside conceived minor or major, but then you go to a second person and they determine it based off their expertise and experience with the same subject matter that there's other remedies that don't involve, you know, uh, actual surgery or some type of longer rehabilitation time then you want to hear that option, and then from there, make a decision on what you want to do further. It's just gathering information, but it's more so to confirm the previous or to offer a different opinion or to cast doubt upon the first opinion.
0: Well, Max, here's the million-dollar question then, and you hope DeAndre Hopkins is is back in a couple of weeks, but as long as he is not on the field, the effects on the Arizona Cardinals' offense, the Arizona Cardinals' football team, and their chances going forward, whether that be you know to get the best possible seating in the playoffs or to win a game in the playoffs or win a couple of games in the playoffs, if DeAndre Hopkins is not on the field, talk to me about how you think that you know damages it certainly damages their chances. Max. The question is how much
1: well I, I think yes, it does damage their chances because obviously you know when you think of the skill set that you know, he brings it's like, whoa, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, let's, let's just talk about the Hale Murray. I mean, if you if you need any further confirmation about what DeAndre Hopkins is capable of. But, you know, I, I think also, you know, it just it prevent it, it shows you that deep threat. But I think, you know, you look at it, it damages their chances because it's, it's a tried and true veteran that's at that position. And he's a he's a bona fide number one receiver. Um but I think with the depth that you've created in your wide receiver room, there are some things you can do to make up for that loss um, because you do have guys who have been playing, who have who have, have gained valuable reps. I look at a Rondale Moore. You know, the kid's been dressing since week one, and he has a skill set, and he's been, he's been in this offense. He's been on game day, so he's gaining further knowledge and base. A.J. Green has been a guy that's been – A tremendous pickup and find for the Cardinals this year. And then, of course, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, healthy, has been playing solid. He's been a great receiver. So, I mean, you still have more options. It's not like once DeAndre is out of the lineup that, oh, my gosh, we don't know how to win. They've won without DeAndre. In fact, they won without DeAndre and Kyler for a month straight. So, you know, if you know going forward it's not a week-to-week and it is a prolonged amount of time, you can at least ready that wide receiver room to be able to do some things, and I think offensively you can game plan, you know, how you approach it because you still got a run game, so you're not all air raid, all air attack, you know, as a lot of people still like to think that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's air raid. Of course, you watch Monday Night, you think, okay, he's spreading everything out again, but I feel like that's only a home thing. They always do that at home for some reason. When they're on the road, it's completely different. They have a more pro style offense that runs the ball more consistently, um, but you have these opportunities um, to at least still be a, a pretty darn good team, even if you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. You're better with Hop, but if Hop is unavailable, I think you still have some really good options available to you.
2: Become the Red Bird Farms fan of the game for the next Arizona, Arizona Cardinals home game. That will be on Christmas Day. Against the Colts, just text FAN to 62620 for your chance to win tickets and to be featured on the Jumbotron. That's FAN to 62620. The Cardinals continue to struggle at home. All three of their losses have come at home. Why is that, Max Starks? Sticks around for another segment of Maximum Football. That's next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Starks. Max Starks. Starks. Maximum for Maximum Max.
1: Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks.
2: Second segment of Maximum Football. Spencer Keatsman and Tim Ring back with you here on 98.7 FM. Sports station, Max. Just looking at the NFC here and the way things are playing out, uh, you can't help but look at teams' remaining games this time of year in terms of where you think they might land up seating wise. The Cardinals have a little bit of a tough schedule down the stretch. Uh, the the Packers and Bucks, I would say, not so much in terms of getting that you know very valuable number one seed. I know when you were playing, the the playoff format was different than it is today and that the top 2 teams were getting a bye and two of your three super bowl appearances the pittsburgh steelers had that first round bye uh, in your mind i mean it goes without saying how crucial that is when you're when you're in december and you're starting to look at seeds as a player how much does that first round bye come into play with the way you're you know schematically drawing things up
1: well i I think you you have to make a play for it right because also you know with that with that first round by comes home field advantage that that's the other thing is that when you're talking about it above all else if I can play at home, I feel better at home than I do on the road now granted I've done it on the road mm-hmm. and yes there is there is a path it's a tough one uh, but you know it can be done but it's a lot. You feel it's a lot easier when you're at home because you have your home crowd behind you. You have that natural energy from your fans that is that is willing you through some things that might seem too tough. So you want that. But I'm gonna be honest. When I look at the Cardinals, is it that bad to go on the road? Because they have a perfect <laughs> record on the road right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like you know the Bucks. The Bucks did it last year. They, they they had to get their home field advantage at the actual Super Bowl. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> they, they were a five seed and went on the road every week until you got to the Super Bowl. And so I think when you look at it, you know, that's one that could play well. This is, you know, this Cardinals team out for all intents and purposes right now. They're a team that does better on the road than they do at home. And there's just some teams that do. Um but I think, you know, traditionally you want to buy and you want home field advantage. That gives you the advantage that you need.
0: Well, also, you know, let's just look at it. I mean, if you're the number one seed, you have a buy. You have to win one home playoff game and you're in the NFC championship game. You are one win from the Super Bowl and that game's at home. You know, that, that is yeah. a pretty good place to be. I, you know, I know the Cardinals have been dominant down the road. And I, know, and I also know that the Buccaneers went into Lambeau Field and they won an NFC Championship game last year. They also have Tom Brady, who's, you know, betting around the block. If, if I'm playing Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game, I want that game in Glendale. If I'm playing Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I want no part of Lambeau Field. I'm sorry. And I know the Packers just lost there last year. I don't care. No matter how poorly or average the Cardinals have looked at home, it's 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 just to me that the 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 one the, the one the one home win and then you're in the NFC Championship game. Uh, to me, Max. Having said all that, Max, as a player, you know you, you reference like, hey, some teams just play better on the road. You know what's what's the deal with the Cardinals at home? Because I I know if AJ Green turns around, that's that's a win, and maybe we're not having this. Conversation, you know, with the 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 way the Packer game turned out, but the, the Cardinal and and Colt McCoy started the game against the Panthers, but they just don't look as dominant. You know, they just don't look as dominant at home. Max, can
1: you put your finger on maybe why that might be? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is is that you know we look at and we say what's different. You know, you're at home, you're in your friendly confines, you're in familiar territory, but I think you have to look at the kind of the offensive schematics. Um, when you go on the road, you tend to be simpler, right? You tend to use a lot less verbiage because you anticipate crowd noise, right? You anticipate fan momentum. So you try and create these different ways to eliminate that by making the play call simpler, by coming out with a more base game plan and executing it to a high level. When you get at home, I don't have crowd noise. I got the fan momentum, so now we can get a little more creative. We could do more fun stuff we could we can have all these motions, and we can have a guy zig when he 's supposed to zag and we you could do all of these things that are way extra. You add more stuff into the equation when you 're at home, and your playlist gets a lot more intricate at home than it does on the road. so I think you know the biggest the easiest answer I can give is that, you know, KISS method, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Um, that's what you kind of have to go. You have to decide, am I a pro-style offense or am I a spread offense? Because that's the two different teams you see. You see the spread team at home. You see the pro offense on the road. And where's the happy medium? I think that's kind of where we're at. It's They haven't quite figured out a consistent way to keep that because I think they kind of overthink things when you're at home because you have more On your side in the positive category versus the negatives.
2: Yeah, and you look back to that Monday night game, and you obviously it's not like the Cardinals have been losing to scrubs at home. I mean, you've lost to two playoff teams, and Carolina. You know, depending on how their season plays out, they could be a playoff team. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're you know sitting at five and five right now that they are a playoff team, but they, they could be. Uh, and it's not like the Cardinals have you know gone on the road and beaten complete scrubs. You go on the road, you beat the Titans in a convincing way the first week of the year. You win at the Rams, that's a good win. You win at the Browns, another good win. Uh, so there, there's there's some balance there. But what I, what I saw Monday night was the Rams just dominating up front. And you of all people know, Max, you've got to win the line of scrimmage in the NFL to win games, and they just couldn't do it. The Cardinals were not able to run the ball effectively. Uh, you know, they were forced to make Kyler Murray throw the ball 49 times, which is as good of a quarterback as he is. I don't know that you want anybody in the NFL throwing the ball 49 times a game. So there's just no balance in that offense there. So what were you seeing up front? Why were the Cardinals just, obviously, besides the fact that Donald is, is a beast of a player, why were the Cardinals getting dominated on the line of scrimmage?
1: Well, I think I think it was just it was a lot it was a lot of one on one situations, and you know the question is is that have you figured out how to block Aaron Donald after you've seen him for the last three years straight? That's exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you have to come up with more creative ways, especially when you have you know a more inexperienced guy going up against him. Um, I think that's the toughest thing is because when you spread it out. What do you do? You, you put more man-on-man situations as opposed to eliminating some of the double team and help side blocks because when you're on the road and you're in pro-style offense, you have that tight end in more. You have an extra H-back slash Z-receiver that's kind of hovering around the line of scrimmage um, that's going to pick up the extra guy or give it kind of a body presence chip away block for you. You don't get that when you're spreading everybody out and you're running all these different motions. You've got man on man. You know, you're saying, okay, offensive line, you guys got the D line by yourself because the guy that would be your tight end is lined up in the slot, and, and yeah. the guy who would be that extra blocker, well, he he's running in motion to take to take a safety somewhere so we can get an ISO on the on the, on the wide receiver. Like that's what you miss in those situations. That's why they're two different teams. Because on the road when they played the Rams, what did they do? There was more man. That, you know, there was more man-double-team blocking. There was more gap scheme. There was more opportunities to put doubles on Aaron Donald. Yep. And then when you got it home, you spread it all out, and now you're leaving it one-on-one pass rush. Well, let's just face it. That's the last guy you want to put one-on-one. And just like Von Miller, the other guy who's a Hall of Famer <laughs> to be, <laughs> is now one-on-one as well. So you're like, okay, and the rest of the guys aren't chopped liver. So you you put more stress on your team when things are spread out in that way, unless you're going to get the ball out quick and you're going to have these, you can't have five step drop, you can't have deep passing routes um, when, and there's no fear of running the ball outside of Kyler, which you keep a spy on him. That's going to make it a lot easier. But, you know, on the road, when you want to keep it simple, keep everything tight, communications clean, and you got extra bodies around the line of scrimmage, around those D linemen, around, you know, their shoulders, their ribs, and their knees. They're, they're they're a little less tentative, but when you see it spread out and you're like, listen, it's me versus him. <laughs> oh, 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 let me dig these heels in. <laughs> it's time to go for a ride. Have you been on a merry-go-round today, Aaron Donald's your operator. You know that you don't. You know it, it's a lot tougher proposition. You know, Max.
0: The other thing is, let's be honest. Justin Pugh was blocking Aaron Donald a lot in that first game, and we can talk about next man yeah. up in this league all you want. But sometimes guys are starters for a reason. And guys are backups for a reason. Let me ask you this real quick, though. we got about 35 seconds or so. When, when Aaron Donald is wrecking the game as an interior defensive lineman, we know when the defensive end is coming around the corner, you can kind of keep a tight end out there. What do you do schematically? I mean, keeping James Conner back there, I mean, once Aaron Donald gets ahead of steam, I'd, I'd worry for Conner's health. And Zach Gertz is yeah. not exactly your classic blocking tight end. So, I mean, you don't really want to keep him back there in, like, a fullback role. So when a guy's wrecking the game from the interior of the defensive line, if you can't win your individual battle, which is what was happening with Garcia, schematically, what do you do?
1: Slide protection. Yeah. <laughs> that, that That's the best way of it. I mean, you're going to slide to that guy. So you're looking for where your mic ID is because, right, that's what the center would be looking. But if a guy's sitting there five yards off the ball, heels are dug in, you know he's not blitzing. So in that situation, now you get the center that's going to come over and help. So now that guard can be a little bit more over-aggressive of shutting off what would be, let's say, the B-gap, and your center's coming hard to the A-gap with eyes on that backer. He can now slam, and now you get more of the middle body presence. The problem that you get is you don't get a clean hit on him one-on-one because he's going to turn his shoulders. He's going to fight in a direction, and then he's going to use your momentum against you. But when you have slide scheme in there to counteract that, now you shut off one, inviting him back to where the double team is, and now you get two bodies on him. Now, the other thing is he can still split double teams if you're not on your screws because we've seen him defeat double teams time after time. But at least it gives you a better opportunity to say it's two for one. You've, you've created that, that double team opportunity versus when you're in spread... And this man blocking scheme, and it's like, okay, two D ends, two D tackles, and then that backer is kind of sitting off to the right. So now I'm going to go opposite of Aaron Donald because that's where my my fifth guy is that I'm responsible for. And now you give Aaron Donald a two way going an inexperienced player. So. That's where you try and change that up, and that's where slides come in. That's where your quick game three-step drops just to loosen up the pass rush comes into play when you're playing against a guy who's as elite as he is in the middle. Because we had a guy by the name of Geno Atkins when I played Oh yeah, um, that was kind of the precursor to Aaron Donald for Cincinnati. Um, But Geno got some knee injuries, and then, of course, that slowed him down. But his first four years, whoo! (laughs) <laughs> that, was, that, that was Aaron Donald. That was Aaron Donald. You did not want him one-on-one at any occasion because he was going to destroy whoever your left guard was.
2: Text us your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals to the fan duel text line at 620-620 right now. What were the biggest takeaways from Week 14 around the NFL? We'll give you the latest NFL news. Max Starks will be back around for Maximum Football as we continue to roll along here on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
0: Wolf and Luke. FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Starks. Max Starks. Starks. Maximum football. Maximum football.
1: Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle, Max Starks.
2: All right, welcome back. going to talk some NFL news and just sort of get a state on the league here. I'm Spencer Keatsman with Tim Ring and... Max Starks here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And Max, when you look around the league, uh, when you look at the national media and who they're talking about as Super Bowl contenders, uh, the Arizona Cardinals don't seem to sort of fall in that mix and that conversation. And I I believe a lot of it is because you look at the Buccaneers, you look at the Packers, you look at the Chiefs, all three of those teams that that seem to be headlining those stories right now, Uh, even the Baltimore Ravens, even the Patriots, they all have the resume that they've been there. They've done that. They've won Super Bowls. Their quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. You know what I mean? The Cardinals really don't have that resume. They're on like a six-year playoff gap right now. Is that something that's playing into that conversation where just those teams, they have the resume and the Cardinals just don't?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's also playing into it because you think about... They could have a playoff resume last year if they would have won one out of the last two yes, games. Yes, right. <laughs> you know, they, they could have been in and been a team that was a repeat playoff contender. But as we know, things did not turn out that way. And so now they've looked at the new kids on the block. And you have to wonder where that experience is. But I will say this there are some veterans in here who have been to the playoffs and you do have a more veteran squad than you did a year ago. So I think that bodes well for experience wise that just because you're young does not mean you don't have the requisite experience. So I think they're a team that can grow, but I think you got to learn from these silly mistakes of the three losses that you've had. Um, You can't get cute. You have to stick with a a, a concrete identity. Um, You can't worry about, preserving protecting guys or if you're worried about guys wearing down you have to play guys as they are let let guys go full speed because when you slow up or you play cautious that's when losses happen that's when injuries occur so you got to play full tilt and I think that's the one thing that Cardinals you know with their lack of overall team experience in the playoffs just kind of hinders them and they got to grow up uh the rest of the way I mean you have four more games left Uh, to really gain that momentum back that you had from the beginning of the year um, all the way up until, you know, you kind of stub your toe uh, against this Ram squad. And so I think that's the biggest thing is how much do you learn from your losses and how do you learn from these three, these three losses at home? Like look at the identity of the, the three losses and then watch the tape of the 10 wins. And that's where you have to find that compromise. And I think, I think, I honestly think it's, it, it's simpler said than done because you have to flip the way that you think. But I think it is coming out with the same mentality and game plan that you would for an away game and trying to keep it simple. I mean, at this point, you have to be as subtle as a sledgehammer on concrete, you yeah. know, because that's what it is. And when teams that are successful at the latter parts, when we're talking about playoff runs, it's running the football. You've got to be able to run that football effectively, consistently, and wear down that opposing team. And you can't get so enamored with all of the motions. Like you said, nobody wants to be in, in, in the frozen tundra in January, and that's Green Bay. So – you're trying to avoid the frozen tundra because at that at that point, and I've been to Green Bay twice this year, um, earlier in the year because I'm smart in my planning, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it, it's not a place you want to be stuck at when it when it gets cold, when it gets below zero, and and it is literally the worst place to play. That's why Tampa Bay for so long, you know, you remember the Brett Farvera days and the Warren Sapp days, Tampa Bay could never get over the hump of getting past Green Bay because it was so unbearable when you're a warmer climate team to go up there in that weather and yes y'all it's just for one day it's just for one moment listen cold is cold and i played in pittsburgh for nine years and i'm from florida and every time i still had to mentally get myself up to go out there and go bang against other human beings for four hours in that weather where i didn't even want to put my hand in the dirt so you know, for the Cardinals here, you've got to have, you got to be on your screws because you're right there fighting. Right now, you've fallen down to third behind Tampa and behind Green Bay, but you also know you have to keep pace so that if any of them falter, if any of them have an issue, they could be, they could have a Cleveland Browns type issue where you got 17 guys and two coaches on mm-hmm. the COVID list. Like what? Like Kevin Stabansky caught COVID for a second time. So, you know, it's like things can happen. So nothing is guaranteed, but. You have to do your job to keep up with it and to keep pace because all of a sudden, overnight, it can shift immediately and you could be back in that first seat and you got to do everything you can to hang on to that.
0: You know, I think this national media thing is a little bit overblown. Uh, you know, there's, there seems to be this incessant need, I think, in the Valley for we want everybody around the country to say good things about our team. At the end of the day, who cares, really? The, I mean, the, the, the national pundits, the, the, the people here in the Valley watch more Cardinal football than they do. So even though they're paid to talk about it, put put faith in what your own two eyes see, Cardinal Nation. And we know for the better part of this year and this season, the Cardinals have been a bona fide Super Bowl contender. There are some questions about that now, Max. They're three and three in their last six. They're not playing smart football. The penalties, missed assignments, uh, the inability to cover Cooper Cup the other night. Uh, some some mistakes made. Uh, you know, I, I know Cliff wants to be aggressive and whatnot in and, and skewing the, the, the field goals on fourth down, so I don't really want to call those mistakes. But, you know, like throwing the ball deep to nobody on third and one when you desperately needed uh, to move the sticks. Uh, Kyler Murray's lost his head at the end of the game and didn't spike the ball, at least to set up the Hail Mary. So just little things like that. People watch the Cardinals on two primetime nationally televised games, and they lose both games by kind of making dumb plays. Like A.J. Green doesn't turn around and catch the football. And I think there's a lot of people around the country that are like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's you know, a young coach, who was a losing coach in college, probably should have never had this job. And I think there's that perception that, you know, when the chips are down and we get into high-leverage football situations in the postseason, you know, teams that have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, uh, these guys that have done it before over in the other conference, guys that have done it before, are, are probably going to prevail, and the Cardinals will probably sh- you know, sh- shoot themselves in the foot like they did against the Rams on national TV and the Packers on national TV. So, Max, that's a that's a long way of saying to you, to me, that ultimately sometimes starts with the head coach and certainly trickles down to the quarterback on the field. Where do Kingsbury and Murray have to get better in these final four games so when they get into these high-leverage playoff games – from a decision-making standpoint, sound, situational football, that they are at their absolute best because they were not on Monday night?
1: Well, I think it, it, it's taking that deep dive. It's having that conversation, um, head coach-slash-O.C., um, with with lead, perceived leader of the offense, which is Kyler Murray. Um, you've got to have um, – a meeting of the minds. You have to have that accountability with each other, but I think you also have to rely on your other coordinators. You know, you have to look at what does Vance Joseph need? Um, you know, what, what can we take a, a stark look in the mirror and say, what can we do and what can't we do? Um, and then working on those things, which I'm sure they're doing already, but I think it's also, and then it's also including your run game coordinator, Sean Kugler. um, What can we do to help this offensive line? Because he also coaches the offensive line. And like you said, you don't want to get into a Max Garcia versus Aaron Donald situation again. And you don't want to have that be a prolonged situation throughout the game. Um, You want to be able to help mitigate, to help do something, to take something off of that. Um, That's where you have to have that meeting of the minds. You can't assume status quo is good enough just because it got us to this point. And I think that's kind of the biggest hurdle that, you know, the Cardinals have to kind of get over and, you know, you say circle the wagons because now this is high stakes football. This isn't about, ah, oh, we're trying to get into the seventh seed because we're below 500 like a lot of those teams. You know, you're not Washington. You're not Minnesota. You're not Carolina. You're not Atlanta hovering right there like I hope, I hope this other team doesn't win. No, you – you squarely control your destiny you know you are you are a division leader and you're a team that's competing for the tops in the nFC and you've been the class of the NFC the entire time uh this season so you need to go out and just continually prove that and I think it really comes down to what is our identity right yeah on the road versus at home how do we marry these two concepts together you know do we not outthink ourselves do we not outsmart ourselves in these moments can we just come to that compromise and can we agree to hold each other accountable if somebody starts to get a little bit you know um, you know out there we reel them back in and we also tell people to take a breath because I think the other thing that was just so alarming at the end of the game was that last play right yeah. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. last play the offensive line didn't know what what was going on and Kyler is running to the sidelines you know doing everything that he's doing and Nothing gets called, and the ball gets snapped, and you see that melee, and then Aaron Donald looks like the hero again, because nobody knew what to do. There was there you know th- well, that looked like you, but, but a time Kyler where Murray you didn't know what to be do. A spike.
0: Kyle, yeah, because yeah. the entire world Don't knew that he was going to spike it. I mean, every, everybody <laughs> yeah. everybody assumed he was going to spike the ball, including. The Cardinal player's on the field, and he didn't do it. And again, that, exactly. just go, that goes back to, and we talked about this earlier, Max, it's not like they were probably going to have any chance to complete a Hail Mary, but it just wasn't the right football play. Uh, at a critical moment, at a critical time, Cardinals made a dumb football play. And there, there's no other way about it, and, and, and that's kind of what concerns you, is that well, like, how do you not spike the football there?
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Everybody else is 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 anticipating you doing it. Everybody else is praying for it, and and you don't do it, and nobody knows what to do. And now the play, you know, you you've essentially wasted away your play. And granted, listen, I I was in a situation because I had I had the Steelers game Thursday night and it was it was a similar thing where a guy took too much time off the clock and he's just like why won't you just get up and go so i think that was the toughest thing is that those moments happen, and that's what happens when you have a young team. You have these moments, but hopefully you learn from them.
2: Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations. In January, is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients. Please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 2nd at Vitalant Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your apport- appointment now at az. What does it take for a Super Bowl team to be ready in preparing for a Super Bowl, and can they get there? And do we believe the Cardinals have what it takes? We ask two-time Super Bowl champion, Max Starks next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade.
1: Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for maximum. Please welcome
2: from the University of Florida Tackle Final segment with Max Starks here on Wolf and Luke. I'm Spencer Keatsman. He's Tim Ring filling in. Now, Max is not only a Super Bowl champion with the Steelers, he's also the sideline reporter now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, Max, so you've done some sideline reporting now for a while since you've retired. And I remember talking to a guy named Eric Wood, who I'm sure you know, Um, played offensive line for the Buffalo Bills for nine years and he is now their color commentator Uh, he's been doing sideline reporting for a while but when I was in Louisville where he went to college I remember talking to him about sort of the experience of watching a game from the sideline with the microphone in hand as opposed to standing on the sideline watching as a player How, how have you adjusted throughout these years doing that and do you see the game any differently now you you
1: know i look at it and yeah the ga- the game is definitely <laughs> different than it was back when i played um it, you know you think of the different um things that are offered as far as players as far as for the lack of um lack of hitting um you know and you wonder how long that can preserve careers just from the lack of exposure um to hitting as much you know, not having mandatory two a days uh to now going one a days and you get days off every couple of days uh there's a fruit snack station that's wheeled out during practice you know i look at all those other little things but um but i think you know the tougher part is is that you do have a longer season that 17th football game is a lot different um and i'm like how would i respond well i mean you know you're like hey if you had to play wild card that's the same thing as playing a wild card game guaranteed every year. Um, but I, I think, you know, for as much as it has changed, a lot of things still say the same. I mean, a lot of the same principles still apply um, with how, how how the game is played, right? If you have a solid running game offensively, it carries. It carries on the road. It carries in the playoffs and your defense. If you can stop the run, you know, in the season, you can stop the run in the playoffs, And I think those things happen, and those things are the time-tested and true things that, you know, like you said, when players get injured, uh, especially at the wide receiver position and you're a prolific passing offense, you struggle Um, because if you don't have that run-game balance or you don't have that run-defense balance, you know, that causes a lot of problems because that that eliminates the opportunities for that, quote-unquote, prolific offense to be on the field if the opposing team can run the ball well. So – There are some things that are different. I mean, we do have these amazing athletes that defy logic in a lot of senses, but we also know that if you go down to some of the base principle things, as much as things have changed at the collegiate level, a lot of things don't change at the pro level. We still haven't seen a full on air raid, have a successful uh, tour in the NFL. But yet if you're in college, that's a lot. A lot of the the success that you have, a lot of the points that you score is coming from the spread. But we also see what happens when it comes playoff time. The team that can run the ball better, for some reason, seems to win, a la Alabama. Uh, you, you know, you have to have that balance, and I think that's where I see the changes. And it's like window dressing for what's still the house, the the bones on this house are still good, right? You know, it still has a good solid foundation that we can still identify with. And that's why, thankfully, I still have a job because (laughs) I can still recognize a lot of those principles. If it went to pure air raid, I got nothing for you. Uh, you I can't talk about having five receivers on the field doing a bunch of different things and no run game. That would be uh, essentially to me boring football.
0: Max Stark, speaking of Alabama, I, I told you I wasn't going to let you get out of here this hour without asking <laughs> you about this, the signing day deal. Now, in, in case you haven't heard, a, a player named Travis Hunter, he's a cornerback. He's from down south. He flipped today from Florida State to Jackson State, where Deion Sanders is the coach, which is an interesting move nonetheless uh, to go from a high level of football like FSU uh, to Jackson State. But word on the street, Max, is he took advantage of the NIL and Barstool's affiliation with Deion Sanders. And again, word on the street, nothing official yet, but Barstool may have potentially given this young man millions of dollars to attend Jackson State and play for Deion Sanders, who's uh, got a relationship with Barstool. As a former player, your thoughts on NIL and the landmark decision by this kid today to go play high-level football or a high-level player to go play at Jackson State. NIL, good for the player, bad for the game, good for the player, good for the game where are you at i mean it,
1: it, it, if 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 it tips the balance of power um you know and and can get us to more semblance of uh of competitiveness um then yeah it's good for the player good for the game because now you don't get a concentration of all these five stars and top level recruits at one place now in this situation florida state being a proud gator I'm happy this happened. <laughs> right. Yeah, full what disclosure, what, if, with what if it happened to
0: Florida, though, Max? How would you feel about it?
1: <laughs> I was about to say it, it has happened to Florida. Once we fired, uh, we lost a whole bunch of four and five star recruits. So I'm happy <laughs> that another team in the state's getting my woes. But no, I, I think when you look at it, that's the tough thing. But here's the problem, right? For everyone that goes to a Jackson State or HBCU or goes to a group of five versus a power five. You have that power five looking and saying, how can we do it better? That's the only yeah. thing. And like you said, you can get a Travis Hunter, but can you get four Travis Hunters? Mm-hmm. And that's where the power fives are going to have the advantage. They say, Oh, this is how it's done. Oh, this is legal. <laughs> this is legal. Right? Yeah, sure. You just allowed it. Okay. Open the floodgates. You know yeah. where are our Fortune 500 CEO rolodex at? <laughs> you <know? Yeah.
0: laughs> what's funny is Dave Portnoy, the uh, for the the CEO uh, president of Barstool, the founder actually went to Michigan, so he didn't give Travis yeah. Hunter a million bucks to go to Michigan. He gave him a million bucks to go to <laughs> Jackson State. How about them apples?
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's also like you said, the relationship that Dion has with Barstool. Yeah, um, you know that that's where it lends its credence because dion gives barstool credibility right you know this isn't just a bunch of a, a bunch of drunk boston guys in a bar like well, you <laughs> well have it is it still is trust trust me but trust me. one of my best friends willie cologne worked for barstool for a long time so i've been in the offices they have great new offices that they moved to but it still looks like a frat house when you walk in there um but that that relationship gives them further credibility, especially into the football space, right? When you're always looking for how do we set ourselves apart. Well, when you're associated with a guy like Deion Sanders, that gives you that instant credibility. That's a Hall of Famer that's now a head coach of a collegiate program and doing it, you know, the right way, the hard way. Um, going into Jackson State and making them a SPAC champion. Um and I think that's kind of where you're like, you know what? Let's toss him a bone. Let's help him out because nobody else is going to help them, right? If you're, in, if you're in Mississippi and you have dollars to throw around, where are you throwing them? Ole Miss, first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then you're throwing it to Mississippi State. Jackson State's nowhere in, the, in, in that totem pole. They're not even on the pole. <laughs> they're, that, they're, that, they're that lump of log that, that was the ugly part. Ah, we messed up on the eyes. Let's just chop it off. It's going to be a little bit shorter. It's cool. That's where Jackson State is. So for Dave Portnoy to recognize that and to dive into that and to help an HBCU out, but also help his buddy out, right. you know, it's a win-win for him. Whereas Michigan has plenty of people that are going to help them out. They have all the big blue blood donors that can donate into this. Where's Dave Portnoy? Dave Portnoy just becomes supporter number 261. <laughs> you know when he makes a donation to Michigan, but when he makes one to to to, to uh, Jackson State. Oh, that's headlines. We're that's talking right, about it. Way, more right. Way, more Way more pub. That's right. Way more And what does Dave Portnoy love than anything else? Pub. It's attention and <laughs> pub. Absolutely. Eyeballs and clicks. That's all he cares about. And nothing more shocking. So he accomplished his goal, but he also helped out one of his friends in the process.
2: Hey, Max, we got to run, my man. This Thanks, hour great just great flew stuff. right by. It was great talking to you. Coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Erin Maloney. She's bringing us Wolfing Down Your Lunch on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.